0: You are listening to Plugged In, a podcast dedicated to the energy and utility industry. Each episode, our host Mark Babin speaks with industry leaders to bring you the latest information that can help optimize your operations. And now, for your host, please welcome Mark Babin.
1: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Plugged In. My name is Mark Babin, your host. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode and uh, joining this podcast. It's a very good discussion and one that I think uh, you'll all certainly learn something from. I definitely did. I took tons of notes during this recording. Uh, Fantastic talk. Now, as of course, you know from the title of this podcast, this episode is all about first party data within the energy industry. This data is becoming more and more crucial due to the restrictions and limitations on third-party data, but are operators doing enough to leverage the true potential? Simply put, the answer is a resounding no. As you'll hear in this episode, there's an obvious gap that needs to be strategically closed in order for energy operators to survive what will be a very difficult next decade. Now joining me for this serious talk, I have a very serious guest and I'm excited to welcome Lars Bargman. The data capability lead at Merkel, a Fortune 1000 customer experience transformation business partner and with over 50 locations worldwide, they have their finger on the pulse for driving the new customer-centric model we're seeing in the energy industry. So we've got a big topic. We've got a fantastic expert. Let's jump into this episode. Enjoy the talk. I'll catch you on the other side for a quick recap and breakdown. Until then... Enjoy the podcast, everyone.
2: Buyers, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with me. Really looking forward to discussing this uh, this gap in data, but it's a big topic. So yeah, thank you for being here.
0: Yeah, thanks for the invitation. It's really um, an interesting topic, and, and especially in the energy market, because um, if you think of First-party data, it's not the energy market that usually comes to your mind. It's rather the the big FMCG uh, or online players like Amazon, Google, all these things. But it's of tremendous importance, um, especially or or even for for B2B players like the the energy branch.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's start the conversation there. Because there's been a big shift in -hmm. the energy market that's still taking place where it was linear and now is very customer-centric model where... Everything has to be related back to the customer. But providers have lost the ability to access third-party data, something that every industry is challenging with. And now they're having to rely on first-party data. So how is that impacting the strategy of operators and businesses from what you guys are seeing? It's it's a big shift they're having to all adapt to. So it's not about, or, or what you said is right. So all
0: devices, all interactions with your companies, with the brand, does create tons of data
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's not about collecting the data. it's really it's about the usage, the analysis of the data and how you transfer these insights to your company because technically spoken, the collection is rather easy. Mm-hmm. but to find the right insights needs the capability and the knowledge about data algorithms, all that kind of stuff. That is something you can buy from an agency, for example, yeah. from a service provider. But really, when it comes to use the benefit or the value add of these insights, that's usually the crucial part because, um, especially in the energy market, we do see big players, huge companies, and then they form some um, startup departments kind of to, to work with data, to do the um, innovative things to try out and work in and probably agile fashion, something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And in our experience, really the crucial thing is that you have a high-speed uh, team in the in the in the startup department, but you do have your old-fashioned or, or your big um, company, and and the handover of these insights of the collaboration. That is something what's what's really crucial to to be somehow synchronized in terms of working, um, what questions do pop up, what can we answer, and how do we work with that, how do we integrate that into product development, into communication, um, or into, you already mentioned it, uh, somehow uh, strategic considerations.
2: Looking at the product side, because I think a lot of operators and different businesses, the data that they're accessing now, that they'll have access to, has a significant impact on the products that they're going to develop. But they have to know that going into the even collecting of the data to make sure they're getting the right stuff. How do operators shift that thinking from having to think so proactively rather than just reacting to what's in front of them? I think it's about
0: displaying or highlighting the value of the data and and see how you can work way faster and in a way more targeted fashion. But especially in these uh, industry-driven or or industries that that have that that engineer mindset. So the the engineers did a great job for the last probably 100 years. Um, And they created super smart uh, inventions, created great products. But the feedback of, of the client was not that relevant because... The, 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 um, the amount of solutions was somehow limited, it was a people business, but now the, the competition is way harder because all solutions you can find in the internet, yeah. just googling a bit, um, and therefore it really creates a strategic advantage to, to make better, more informed um, decisions and, and to create products that base on the, the need of the users. For example, in Germany, um, the big car manufacturer, Audi, Mercedes, they have um, the idea that you must be able to drive backwards with a car for 10 kilometers with an average of 50 uh, 50 kilometers per hour. Never happens in reality, Mm -hmm. but that was the pride of the engineers. Mm -hmm. And it was the total uh, opposite of being user-centric, because it's a feature you will never, ever need. And that, if you come to that uh, insight, you see that you really save a lot of time, a lot of budget, um, plus you're pretty close to, to, your, to your client if you can tailor some things
2: directly to their needs. Yeah. You touched on, on different elements of the business that have to be involved in communicating, and that's key. Do organizations have to restructure? Do they have to invent a new department that connects all these dots that were once in, yeah, separate little? They're basically ten different companies within one in these big guys. How does that have to look in the future in order for them to connect everything so seamlessly?
0: Unfortunately, there is no one-size-fits-all answer, but it's it's really it's a change project, and that is what we experience pretty often. Um, we see that. These data structures, the databases, um, the application, they are kind of organically grown. Mm -hmm. So, uh, they're responsible um, people for product development, for emails, for the CRM database, um, whatever. But to really gain value from the data, you must be able to combine it, to to really um, close the gaps and, and create a in terms of when we're talking about first-party data, a a 360-degree customer profile to Mm -hmm. understand what are the characteristics, what are the interests, um, all that um, kind of things. And now I forgot your question, to be honest.
2: (laughs) Uh, Working with, uh, so in the larger companies, the restructuring that has to take place.
0: Yes. Um, Yeah, we we, we see that we do have... um, different stakeholder, different owner of different um, databases, different data sources, and they must be connected to, to really gain value from that. And the the struggles we see in the market is if you change, for example, your email sendout. The connection to other data sources may change as well, but nobody knows. That screws up your, your uh, machine learning models. Um your, your insights whatever and therefore we see you, have to, you or you need a proper data governance in place yep. um, that means what are the processes um, what are our ways of working who is responsible for, uh, who's responsible for what and talking about the responsibility we see that, that new roles come up mm-hmm. someone like a data quality engineer, for example, who cares about the quality. Um, do we really pull the right data? Do we pre-process it in the a, in a right way? And most important, someone who really is responsible for the whole thing. Um, some, someone like a, like a um, data steward or mm-hmm. you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys must really be in touch with all the stakeholders across the company um, to make sure that, that all changes are aligned and and um, make sense from from a data perspective. And what we see, these roles are somehow centralized. Because, uh, they have uh, to be. Yes, and the, what I said. So you, you create value out of data by by bridging gaps um, and and combining data sets. And so we see, in terms of or for the data part of the business, that centralization is currently. Um, Key, And that's, that, that's a complicated one, right? Yeah. Because, for example, we see that in, the, in headquarters, again, talking about big companies, mm-hmm. headquarters, they are super familiar with the topics, with thought leadership, all these aspects, but it went to the clients. They, they have no clue because that's uh, the job else. of the businesses or of the local markets. Mm-hmm. So if you're in, uh, in the U.S., you understand U.S. clients, you work locally with them, but the guys in the headquarter, um, who would be theoretically responsible for the centralization of the data, they don't know about their end consumer. And that's, especially in, in B2B, um, one, one central um,
2: challenge. So you guys have your foot in a lot of different industries. So bridging off of that, is there a particular place where this industry can draw inspiration from when they're looking at centralizing this data management? Is there a particular industry that's maybe ahead? I think utility in general is pretty conservative when it comes to innovation and and new steps forward. But is there a particular one that you guys have worked with or that you know that we can look at?
0: Um, Two years ago, we did a a big study in Germany and in uh, Switzerland and asked 300 companies about their maturity in terms of um, data-driven applications, all that kind of stuff. And we were super surprised that there are no differences between um, the different verticals. So, um, the energy sector is not more or less mature compared to um, the insurance sector, for example. We're talking about first-party data, right? The interaction data. So, when we're talking about data science, um, for example, insurance companies, they are super good because risk management is part of, of their business. But... One of the central insights of that study was really there are no differences between branches. There are no differences in terms of size of the company, surprisingly. And uh, that led us to the, to the insight that it's really it's a mindset, it's an organizational thing and less a technical one.
2: Okay, so it's really everyone's kind of in the same page when it comes to that because we're dealing with all this new this is a new way of thinking a new way that people have to think when it comes to first-party data so what are those first steps then that an a company can take big or small how do they get started in this without overwhelming themselves of a massive task ahead Mm
0: -hmm. so the, the very first step is usually to find use cases from a business perspective from an end consumer or a client perspective that makes sense, that create value for your business, um, that help to uh, connect with the users, and that are somehow easy to implement. That would be the first step. Because what we often experience that um, companies hire a data scientist, for example, and they say, okay, now do your, your data science magic, and they don't know what to do because it always fails if you work with data without the clear direction and the clear uh, questions. So, the very first step, from our perspective, and we made pretty good experiences with that, mm-hmm. is really defining a set of use cases. For example, um, real-time feedback um, for from the consumer um, or user journey orchestration to send out automated emails with the right content at the right time. Um, Prioritize these use cases and derive some functionalities to say, okay, what do we need if we want to tackle these or that use cases and and then translate it into a technical architecture, but way more important to translate it into a sensible roadmap that includes the, the stakeholders, the different departments, um, and that really guides you um, a clear way. But the basis is really the use case from the business and and not from from the data.
2: That has to be the first point. So the benefit of working with a partner like yourselves rather than just going out on an own, we're looking at long-term partnerships that ensure long-term success. And that's the benefit, I guess, with working with a team that understands this challenge perhaps more than their internal struggle do, rather than just hiring a data person, like you said, working with a partner that can help make this a long-term lasting solution is probably the most accurate way to go, I guess, given how new this all is, right?
0: It's a classical consultant answer. It it depends.
2: (laughs) Very well. (laughs) So we
0: we have a very broad array of different capabilities, for example, as we at the agency... um, and that brings us into the situation that we can cover different situations. So, for example, yesterday I had a discussion. And, um, the the, um, the company created a great or created great insights from data, but it wasn't tangible. It wasn't fun for the analysts to work with them. For example, and now we are checking. Okay, how can we um, support from from a user experience? Um, perspective. So, how can we help you to create a tangible product, for example, out of your data? Um, and that is what what somehow or, or what um, makes us a bit different. That we have a background in marketing, or, um, and we do have designers. We do have UX consultants that really help you to create products people like to work with. Because in the end, it's it's about uh, or, or the most. Um, efficient tool is the one you you really use, for example. Um, so, bottom line, we, we we're capable to, to deal with different situations, really, and, and we're in the situation that as a network and as a local um, or in, DACH, in the DACH region located okay, company, um, we can contribute from really soup to nuts, from from strategy and concept um, to data science, to data visualization, and and yeah, enrich these with a or these solutions with a, with a good user experience because that's something that engineer mindset usually forgets the, the user experience that you needed to people love to work with or yeah. a, a application.
2: You mentioned there the DAC region. Is there geographical differences in the way that businesses approach something like this, based on your experience?
0: I'd say the DACH region is rather a bit conservative Mm -hmm. um, due to um, legal restrictions and and the mindset, especially in Germany, differs maybe a bit compared to the U.S. mindset. Um, So um, general data protection um, aspects are way more important or are way more obvious um, in Germany. And when it comes, for example, to um, considerations like, do we work, uh, do our colleagues, do our employees work with the tools, that kind of stuff, can we check it? Um, we always have issues or our discussions um, with the with workers' union, for example. So I'd say the U.S. is, a, is far ahead, the U.K. a bit, um, and we are, yeah, I think, a bit behind.
2: Is that disadvantage them in that situation or does it just create a different end game because you would think uh, if, they, if someone's more conservative traditionally you would think hey they're going to be behind but maybe not
0: i don't know to be honest yet i i think that the future um, has to show but we're somehow a bit disconnected because people see um mind-blowing applications from the u.s um And we have to say, no, we can't deliver that in in, in that way. Um, We have to be a bit more creative to deal with the the challenges, with the data, to, to find a proper solution. But bottom line, I'd say it's a bit a disadvantage.
2: So it seems right now.
0: Yeah, I'm a bit reluctant to say it's it's a yep. big disadvantage because what you said is usually if, if you're not that far, you find other solutions yeah. um, to to to, to t- uh, tackle uh, these aspects.
2: Yeah, it forces you to maybe think a little bit longer about what you need versus just jumping on. If there's no restriction, you just you pick something off the shelf. And yeah. Maybe that's not always an advantage. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, and they're coming back to, to the use cases and what you yeah. said. The whole business, for example, in, well, especially in energy, is, is somehow changing mm-hmm. and we could try out so many things, yeah. um, I guess, or I assume, or I think it's better really to have a clear idea of the business um, and have a clear idea of the value add derived from the data um, to, to make a sustainable impact uh, instead of trying out everything.
2: Yeah. And this is something everyone has to get on board with. This isn't going away. The reliance on data is only going to get more prevalent in the future. So it seems like a super relevant topic you can't ignore.
0: I hope so because (laughs) it's our business.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I love it. No, that's brilliant. I think that's some really nice advice for those listening. Uh, A great way to bring this conversation to a close. So I really appreciate the time today, Lars. Thank you so much for the talk. Any final notes before we close up?
0: No, I don't think so. Um, the, the, the companies do know their data, they they see the, the impact and the importance of the data right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty optimistic and, and looking forward um, to create new solutions with, with um, different stakeholders. So,
2: yeah. data everyone is on their mind. It's about peeling that onion back a few layers and really understanding what they're collecting in the first place. Sure. Excellent. Brilliant. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for having me.
1: And just like that, the podcast is behind us. What a fantastic talk. A big thank you to Lars and Merkel for joining me on this episode. Uh, Like I mentioned beforehand, lots of great things to think about when it comes to first party data. It's obviously going to be a key item in the future of energy. And in many industries, we're seeing this shift, of course, where third party data is becoming unreliable and inaccessible. And first party data is going to reign king the solutions exist, the technology exists. It's all about how you're strategically implementing and closing that gap from your teams to your customers. So again, a big thank you to Merkel for joining me on this episode. If you have any questions about what you heard today, you want more information about a specific topic, or you want to add to the conversation, head down to the podcast notes of this episode and you'll see uh, LinkedIn links for both Lars and myself. You can reach out ask questions. Uh, Let's keep the conversation going there. We certainly love doing that and appreciate it. Of course, this podcast is powered by AnyLine. You can head to the website, anyline.com forward slash industries forward slash utilities. Lots of great information on the energy industry, and you can see what any line is doing when it comes to uh, this topic specifically, first-party data and customer engagement. Lots of great downloads and assets for you on the website, so definitely check them out. And with that, we'll bring this episode to a nice and tidy end. Again, thank you for joining me. Uh, Lots more great content on this channel if you haven't already checked it out. We have more great episodes lined up and coming your way definitely uh, make sure you're subscribed and staying tuned. But until the next episode, wishing you all a fantastic day in the world, wherever you may be. And we'll see you on the very next episode of Plugged In.